Hi, I'm Darren Peppard. Welcome to the Leaning into Leadership podcast, the podcast dedicated to today's hardworking leader. Join me every Sunday for leadership insight, inspiration, and a little pep talk to keep you rolling down your road to awesome. All right, welcome into the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Darren Peppard. And today I'm thinking about a time when I was early in my leadership career, and in truth, I was really struggling. Now, let me kind of give you a little lead up to this. During the course of this week, I've spent quite a bit of time putting together proposals for school districts and and actually even entities that are outside of the public school realm around the high-performance leadership team work that that I've been sharing uh, here on the podcast for the last few weeks. And as I was working on these proposals, I just kept going back to not just the first year that I was a principal, but, but honestly, the first couple of years. You know, maybe you were like me, and during that first year or two, you felt like you had to do it all. You felt like not that you couldn't trust people, but that you fell into this habit of, I want it done a certain way, or I want to make sure it happens, and therefore, I'm, I'm just going to do it. I'm not going to delegate. I'll delegate simple little easy things, but the bigger things, the heavier lift type of things, I will not let those out of my hands. I struggled with that. Big time, folks. I mean, that was, to me, probably the biggest challenge that I had as a leader. It led to a whole lot of other challenges, but it really was probably the core of my struggles. Um, There was a point, though, finally, where I said, okay, wait a minute. I need to help myself by getting myself a little bit of help. And I want to talk about kind of that journey and what happened when I did that work today. And I think it's just really critical that as leaders, we, we start here. You do not have to do it alone. I'm going to say it again. Leaders, you do not have to do it alone. I know that is the trap that as a leader I fell right into. So let me tell you a little bit of that story. So some background for those who maybe don't know. I was a classroom teacher for 11 years prior to becoming a school administrator. And during that time as as a classroom teacher, I was a head coach in two different sports. I had taught middle school, then I taught at the high school level. And I finally had this decision to make. Did I want to continue my coaching career or did I really want to step into an administrative administrative role? And uh, for me, I felt like it was a pretty easy choice. I love coaching, don't get me wrong. Um, my athletes who, who might be listening out there, I loved coaching each and every one of you. It had nothing to do with you. For me, it was I wanted to go back home. And we wanted to raise our daughter where, where I grew up, where my wife's family was. And I didn't want to get in line, if you will, behind people who were younger than me, who didn't have the experience that I had. And yet, I may very well not get the opportunities that I had where I was. Not only that, I felt like I had the opportunity and I had the skill set and the passion to get out there and lead at a larger level than just what was in my classroom. 
So for me, it was, hey, I want to go into administration. My first administrative job was at a high school in Southwest Wyoming. And while I was at this high school, I had some incredible experiences. And by experiences, I mean opportunities to learn. Both great successes and some pretty big failures, too. After five years as an assistant principal, and, and I held two different roles as, as an AP, I was in charge of discipline and attendance, and then for three years I was in charge of the curriculum and instruction, which honestly, that was a fantastic role. I truly, truly loved that role, and I think I really excelled in that role. It gave me an opportunity to, to honestly be the instructional leader of the building. So when I interviewed for the principal position, and I was asked or rather I asked the question around the table to the 12 people who were at the interview table, what is it you want from me? Honestly, I only remember the answer of one person and that was the superintendent. And he said, Darren, I want you to be the instructional leader of the building. Well, there it was. And so I think back and that might have been the first thing that kind of set me up on my own. It was no one else's fault but kind of set me up for the failures that were to come because I entered the role believing that I had to do it all. You know, be the instructional leader. Well, I already was. So does that mean I just take everything from that job with me, the 40 feet down the hallway to my other office? And if so, then what do the rest of my team do? I decided to restructure how the team was developed and the roles that they had, the responsibilities they had, and it really just split discipline in half. The thing was, we'd done so much work on our, on our school culture and climate that discipline really was not a huge issue. And I found myself partway into this, into this first year resenting my team because I didn't feel like they were doing anything. Yeah, they had evaluations to do and, and some of those kinds of things, but I was doing all the heavy lifting. And the truth was that wasn't their fault. That was on me. I had this belief I had to do it all. And I was struggling. Um, when I say struggling, I mean breathing through a snorkel the entire year. In, in fact, there were probably times during the year that I wasn't breathing through a snorkel anymore. I had the full-on scuba gear or I, I was just drowning, one of the two. And... I just really, I, I got this tunnel vision and, and I don't know, leaders, maybe, maybe you do this. Maybe I'm the only one. If I'm the only one, somebody please send me a message and tell me this. So, so I can stop telling people my experiences thinking that there's some similarities, but I actually think there are some similarities. I think there are plenty of people who have experienced this. And I think there's some of you who are experiencing it right now. That feeling of not just having to do it all, but you almost get a little bit frustrated because we're supposed to be a team. We're supposed to be in this together. And you get so dialed in that you can't see the forest for the trees. And, you know, it's almost like that, that joke when you were a kid, and uh, I'm sure somebody played this on you, you know, where they ran their hands right by your face. You know, you're running through a forest, you're running through a forest. Wham! You hit a tree. That was me once a week just running into trees. And again, my reasoning was just simply, I didn't want to let go of any control. I just, I thought I had to be the smartest person in the room, no matter what room I was in. I thought I had to know all the answers to all the questions. I had to know the direction for each and everything we were going to do. I did not, I don't know. 
I guess in my own mind, I didn't need my team, but I did need my team. And again, caused a big failure for me. Um, my predecessor, my predecessor had structured our team in a way that each of us had very clear, defined roles. And we knew what they were. Uh, Randy actually referred to them as sandboxes. You know, this is your sandbox, Darren, and Jason, this is your sandbox, and Jamie, this is your sandbox, and by the way, the whole thing is my sandbox. And that was how Randy approached it as the principal, and he let us do our jobs. He expected us to do our jobs. I, I guess I felt like it needed to be done differently, and, and it goes back to, I should have asked for clarity, I guess, uh, when the superintendent gave me the answer to the question I'd asked him. But anyway, so year one, I'm breathing through a snorkel. Sometimes I'm drowning. Year two comes and it's a little bit different, but not quite. Um, there were just, there were two things eventually for me, late year two, early year three, that I finally got up on the balcony. If you know what I'm talking about here, some balcony level leadership. I got up on the balcony and took a look down and I just saw that I was struggling. I was really struggling. And as a result, folks, when the leader struggles, the whole team struggles. And I don't just mean the leadership team. I mean, everybody in the organization. We, we were without direction and it was on me. And now it was on me to fix that. I knew there had to be ways to do it where I could get the support I needed, where I could be the leader I needed to be. I was very fortunate that when we got a new superintendent, one of the things he did, and I, I think he did something really smart here, was offer leadership coaching to every single building administrator, everybody at the district level. We had, we had coaches and it was so valuable because I was paired with somebody who was an experienced principal. He was somebody who could come in and just give me some feedback, honest, genuine feedback. It was so crazy. The very first time he came to our building, I met him in the parking lot. It's like 6.30 in the morning. Before we'd even made it to my office door, which, I don't know, 100 feet down the main hallway, I had probably been stopped by a handful of students with different requests, a dozen teachers. My, my push board that, that had little notes on it probably had 20 notes on it. And I just, you know, I had a million things. I, I had a group of ang angry parents sitting in the lobby waiting for me, um, insisting that they talk to me. Um, fortunately, I was able to get them to talk to one of my assistant principals. And, and honestly, he did a fantastic job solving the problem. He really did. Um, and, and this was kind of that moment where I was like, hey, you know what? I, I need to start letting that stuff happen. But anyway, as, as my coach, his name's Tom, as Tom was in the building, um, I'm, I'm trying to put out all these fires. And he's like, grab your notebook. Let's go. And I'm like, well, no, I got work to do. And he's like, yeah, I know you do. Let's go. And we went out and we got into classrooms and we just started having conversation about instruction and we started having conversation about teaching and learning and about what really mattered as a school leader. And he said something to me that day I'll never forget. He said, Darren, it's time that you stop being a firefighter and start being a leader. You know, you've got other people who can put out some of those fires. There are ways that you can go about setting up systems where you don't have to run around and put out all the fires, but you have to be the person in the classroom. And so when your superintendent said, Darren, I need you to be the instructional leader of this school, that's what he meant. Not, not that you were pulling all the strings from the office. 
yeah, you were doing that and that was good. You need to be in the classrooms. You need to be supporting your teachers. You need to be supporting your kids. You need to be visible. You need to be a part of the school. You need to lead your school, not firefight for your school. It was huge. It was one of two things that to me just completely changed everything. It really helped me reshape the way I looked at school leadership. The smartest person in the room is the room, right? I had to learn that and I had to learn it through failure. You know, the, the strongest horse in the herd is the herd. Again, I had to learn that through failure. And, and there was plenty of failure to go around. Uh, there really was. But I'm sure there were a lot of successes, and, and I'm probably a little too harsh on myself uh, for year one and year two. Um, although I'm sure there's a few staff members who would say, nah, you're pretty right, Darren. You're spot on. Yeah, in fact, you're being kind to yourself. But in truth, like I said, two things that just totally changed it. Number one was having having Tom come and work with me as a leadership coach. He spent two years with me as a leadership coach. Um, whatever the district invested in him, it was worth every every penny. If you aren't using coaches, folks, you should be using coaches. It's huge. Um, I don't say that just because I do the work, but because it changed me. Um, to be honest with you, I was, by the way, year one as a principal, I was also just starting my doctoral program. Probably not the smartest thing I've ever done, but everything that I did in every course that I took in the first two years of my doctorate, I was focused on like uh, instructional technology implementation. That's what I thought my dissertation topic was going to be. Working with Tom as my coach changed my topic as my dissertation. I became so enthralled with the perceptions that leaders had of their own preparation. Again, because year one for me, I was miserably underprepared. Not that my dot or my master's program wasn't good. Not that you know I hadn't had experiences to help me be there. But folks, until you go do it, you're not ready. I don't care what anybody tells you. You're not ready until you do it, and you're going to struggle. I mean, that's just the way it is. It's that year two, year three when you start to really work your way through and get the clarity around. Okay, here's what I need. Here's how I'm going to do it. This is the direction I want to be in. I mean, if you're crushing that in year one, holy cow, good for you. That's incredible. Um, I tell most novice leaders year one, if you can put the snorkel away by spring break, you're doing a pretty great job. So if this is year one for you, by the way, as a leader, and you feel like you've put the snorkel away, I mean, like for good, not, not just today, but for good, then that's awesome. Congratulations. That's a great first year. That's a great accomplishment. The second thing that really made a difference for me, and I think didn't just set set me up for success. I mean, this really set our school up for success was having a regular summer retreat for my leadership team. I had had two members of my leadership team leave. I had two new members come in. So much like right now across the country, there was, there was turnover on my leadership team. So, I mean, you might be faced with this too, right? You know, you have a brand new high school principal coming in, you're a superintendent or you are a middle school principal and you have two new deans of deans of students, you know, or w whatever it might look like for you. Um, I have a client that I'm working with that may have as many as seven new leaders on their team when the school year starts. By the way, we are doing high performance leadership teams with that group. 
because they've got to all get on the same page. And, and that was what that thing was for me was honestly, I just sat down with my instructional coach and coincidentally, his name is Darren. And I said, Darren, here's what I need. I need two days. We're going to go somewhere else. We're going to be, you know, just our group. Let's, let's get like a conference room at a hotel and we're going to work on everything from our culture to the work that, that we do on a daily basis. Let's really dig into role clarity. Let's, let's get real clear around what we value, what each other's strengths are. Um, actually, I had collectively the group read a book before we got there, same book, and that helped us be focused all on the same thing. Uh, so we had some conversation around that book. Um, we talked about how we were going to communicate. Um, we really focused on what were the initiatives we had currently active in the school, how we were going to support them, how each of those supports the mission and the vision of our work, how it aligns with our priorities and how we talk about it. Um, one, of, one of the biggest things, honestly, that can derail a leadership team or an individual leader is when a message is inconsistent because there's a few, not many, but a few who will try to play mom against dad. And if they can get one answer out of one and one, one answer out of another that is not the same, folks right there, that's when your culture starts to erode a little bit. So making sure that leadership team is all on the same page for me was just so important. So we actually went away for two days, uh, drove, I don't know, 100, 120 miles away. And for those two days, that's what we focused on. Um, in the evening, we just hung out by the pool. I mean, that was really nice because it gave us an opportunity to do a little team building too, you know. There were things about my team that I didn't know. I mean, we didn't spend a ton of time socializing because, well, for starters, when you're a high school principal, you don't have a social life. You are at an event every single night and on Sunday you just collapse, you know, or or you watch football like I did. Um, but it gave us an opportunity, honestly, to just really connect and to build relationships with each other and to learn what it was that was important to each of us. When, when I'm looking at one thing and somebody else is looking at the same thing, we don't see the same thing. Tell me why, help me understand that. And the more you get to know about each other as leaders, the better you are as a leadership team. And that was one of my biggest takeaways from that couple of days that we went away. We had this opportunity to do it over and over again every summer. Sometimes we left town, sometimes we didn't. In this particular case, because I had two brand new team members, I thought it was important that we got away because then we could really do some, uh, some team building and really get to know each other better. But I think regardless where, where that happened, what really set us up for success was we came out of that, that two-day retreat really on the same page. We knew down to pretty much the word without it sounding memorized or, or, or scripted what each of the initiatives we were doing, what they were, what the purpose was, how they tied into our mission, how each person's work was critical to achieve the goals we had. And our goals weren't just focused on test scores or a graduation rate. Yes, we, we had some pressure from above 
on graduation rate and on our test scores. No question about it. And I understand that and I appreciate that. But for us, it wasn't about chasing test scores. It was about how do we focus on relationships? How do we focus on teaching and learning? How do we focus on coaching and giving quality feedback to everybody who's in a classroom? How do we build a culture where everybody feels like they're seen and heard and loved and they feel like they're part of something special? And for two days, we just crushed that out. Not only that, we set up check-in points through the course of the year. So we knew, hey, in October, we're going to sit down. We're going to have a one-hour conversation only about this. Where are we specific to this work? And we did it four times a year so that we knew exactly where we were. You see, when I go back to year one as a school principal, again, that's where my head was this week. I think about the things we didn't do well, the things I didn't do well. I won't even say we, I didn't do well. As educators, we make 10,000 decisions a day. And, and if we make three or four poor decisions, those are the ones we dwell on. So I know that in many cases, I dwell on the ones that I didn't do well with during that time. But it really gave me an opportunity after having a leadership coach, after having a high-performing leadership team because of the work we had put in to really appreciate what it takes to be a great school leader. I mean, folks, when we lean into our leadership like that, when we really take a step back and instead of pouring 100% of ourselves into what can we do to help everybody else, take a look in the mirror and think about what do I need to do to help myself? What do I need to do to help myself be a better leader? Because if I'm a better leader, that helps everybody else too. So, you know, sometimes you got to put your own oxygen mask on first. Difficult sometimes to stop and do that in the moment, but you got to do that. So when I talk about having a leadership coach, folks, if you don't have somebody like that, I mean, find a mentor, find a support person, find somebody that you can reach out to and have those conversations with. Leadership is lonely. It's a super difficult job. And my God, right now, folks, it is damned hard. It really is. And if you're doing it alone, man, it's impossible. Heck, reach out to me. I'm happy to have the conversation. But find that person who can support you, who can be a mentor or, you know, who can kind of be the co-pilot. You know, I, I think about and, and, and to me, this is that evolution of me as a leader. I think about years one and two, and I think about, you know, the, the last several years as a building principal. And one of my one of my former teachers, very close friend of mine, I hope you follow him already on social media, uh, Bradley W. Skinner. I was fortunate enough to hire Bradley as a teacher um, at this school. And I remember Bradley describing my leadership towards the tail end of his first school year with us. And um, I know if if he had been hired my first year as a principal, he not he would not have described me this way. But you know, in year three or year four, whenever it was that I hired him, he made a comment about me as a leader being like a driver's ed instructor. That I was the one who sat in the passenger seat and I let him drive. You know, it was his trip, it's his classroom. Bradley, you drive. You know, I'm just here to support you. I'm going to help navigate. You know, I might tap the brakes. I might tell you, speed up. I might tell you, let's go. Let's do this. But you are the one who gets to drive. 
So as a leader, you need somebody who's going to sit over there in the passenger seat and tap the brakes when it's necessary, help you navigate, just maybe give you that other perspective because we always can use that that other perspective. So find that person. Again, yes, we do that work here at Road to Awesome. I'm happy to work with you. I'd love to work with you, but that's not the purpose. The purpose is leaders, you don't have to do it alone. And this this time of year, it's it's really important for you to hear that because you've you've been grinding your way through this through this particular year. And now you're so far down in the weeds and you're so dialed in on the tunnel vision that this is a good time right now, you know, listening to this podcast, get yourself up on the balcony, take a look around and tell me or tell yourself, you can't tell me, I, I, I can't hear you. Tell yourself, how you doing right now? Think about the things that are important to you and look around on the balcony. Are you doing those things well? Or are there some things you need to do to support yourself? And what are those things that could help? Could it be having somebody as a leadership coach? Could it be putting your leadership team through a couple of days this summer of some quality leadership training that'll help them and help you be a better leadership team? If it is, let's have a conversation, you know, for sure. That's, that's I think, you know, something that I would love to be able to do with you. But even if it's not me, folks, there's a lot of people who do it. The point is don't try to do it alone. Allow yourself to be a part of the team. Allow yourself to be uh, to be around and with the team so you have the opportunity to grow and improve your team. Now, I'll tell you this, as as we get a little closer towards the end of a school year, and, and yes, the Leading into Leadership podcast is not just for educators, but I know the bulk of our, our listening audience right now are educators. So I will start mixing in some non-educator guests. I actually have a few on the docket. But... Because so many of you that are listening to the podcast are educators, I'll tell you that I've got a couple of episodes coming again in this in this solo format where I'm going to hit some of the finer points of that latter part of the school year, that final quarter of the school year. I just felt like right now it was important to let you come up for air, you know, clear the snorkel, breathe, and think about your own leadership. Think about where you are. Think about what you're doing. Think about where you want to go. Because, folks, if you take that investment and you really think about it and say, hey, I'm going to invest in myself and my team as leaders so we can be the best leaders we can be, you're setting yourself up for a great year next year. You really, truly are. So, yes, I will get to, to some of those other things that are involved with getting the school year on the ground safely for graduation or um whatever whatever you might have. I, I always go to graduation because, you know, as as a high school principal, that was kind of the that was that last mark on the road, if you will. So with that, um again, I would love to work with you. I'd love to be able to support you if there's anything I can do. If there's something that resonated with you today, send me a direct message on social media. Email me at Darren M. Peppard at roadtoawesome.net. Folks, it's in the show notes all of the contact information you could need links to everything on the road to awesome website are there you just find it hit us up let's have a conversation and let's talk about how i can help you or your team really get to that high performance that you're looking for and now it's time for a pep talk i was reminded of the story this week of the crab in the bucket was in the middle of a conversation with a group of people and somebody asked, 
How do you handle those situations where you're trying to improve yourself and somebody else on the staff has something negative to say about it? It's that crab mentality. Those people who just want to pull you down because they think it helps them to rise. When in truth, it doesn't. Now, if you don't know the crab in the bucket story here, I'll give you the, the Cliff Notes version. If you put one crab in a bucket, it will climb its way out. Crabs are actually eerily good at climbing. If you put two or more crabs in a bucket, none of them will make it out because they will constantly pull at each other, keeping any crab from being successful leaving the bucket. If you want to get a crab out of the bucket, you got you to gotta reach in and you got to lift the crab out. If you find yourself stuck in a bucket and you're in there with multiple crabs, folks, you got to find that person who's going to reach a hand down and they're going to lift you out of that because it's going to be really tough to get out of it yourself. Some of the strategies you can use is first and foremost, believe in your why. Whatever it is you're thinking about doing, I mean, maybe it's taking the next step in your career. Maybe it's starting a side business. Maybe it's just completely changing your career. What, whatever it is, maybe, maybe you want, want to go pursue a master's degree. What, whatever you're thinking about. When people are pulling you down or, or saying negative things, number one, remember why it is you want to do it. Right? And also remember, they're not living your life. You are. So their opinion, while they think is important, it's not. It's completely irrelevant. I had people when I started making the move into administration say things like, oh, you're going to join the dark side, huh? And, you know, at first it was a joke, but then it just got worse and it got worse and it got worse. And in truth, I moved on from those people, not friends with them anymore. Fortunately for me, my administrative gig was not in the same town where I was a teacher. I got to just move away and I didn't worry about trying to keep those friends because if you've got people who are acting like that, who are the crabs that are pulling you back into the bucket, folks, you got to cut bait. You don't need them with you. You need to let them go. That's my pep talk for this week. Focus on who you are. Believe in your why. Cut bait with those who don't want to support you and lift you up. I hope you have a road to awesome week. Till next time, I'm Dr. Darren Pepperd. Thanks for joining me on the Leaning into Leadership podcast. Thank you for listening to the Leaning into Leadership podcast brought to you by Road to Awesome. Don't forget, click subscribe give a review, and share this with somebody who might also enjoy leaning into leadership.